Father, once again tonight, we ask that you deepen our fellowship with you as we look into your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen. This evening, I want to talk to us about what I titled the love of God that passes knowledge. That's the way that the Bible puts it in Ephesians chapter 3. Let's go there. Ephesians chapter 3, I think from verse 5, 16 rather. That he would grant you, this is Paul praying for the church, the Ephesian church. In verse 14, I think was where he started for this course, I, I bow my knees to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he will grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. You know, before we read further, Philippians 4.19, who remembers what that scripture says? Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Go back to that um, Ephesians chapter Three that we are reading. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. It will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened. You know when we, we, we quote Ephesians chapter, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 mostly in the context of God providing for our our natural needs which is which is um, is applicable. It's not that it is not applicable. If you have a need, a financial need in your life, God is your source. God is your provider. But if you think that what you get from riches of his glory is just house rent and transport fare and uh, what you will eat tomorrow and a good car and what else might be bothering you, relationship children if all that you think that if you think that that's of visa people is what is bothering them all that you think that riches in glory can supply is the things that pertain to the physical you are selling yourself mightily mightily short paul said he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with what? All the fullness of God. Imagine that there is possibility to be filled with all the fullness of God in the, from the riches of glory but all you are using it to do is your next meal. All you are using it for is your next wish. You know, like when my kids are blowing their birthday candles and they are making a wish. Imagine that 
you could literally have all of God supplied to you everything that God is you can literally be filled with all the fullness of God out of the riches of his glory but all you want is just a lap of chicken that's all your dream you know and that's why we've been doing this series of listening prayer so that God can elevate our perspective so that we'll stop selling ourselves short of our destiny but you know the topic of our conversation this evening is what the love of God that does what passes knowledge and this is where that came from so why was Paul praying for the Ephesian church to be strengthened with might by his spirit in their inner man why was he praying that Christ will dwell in their hearts by faith he was praying that prayer for them so that they will be rooted and grounded in love so that their spiritual comprehension will be upgraded so that they will understand all the dimensions of God's love so that they will know the love in ways that passes knowledge the love of God that passes knowledge does not mean a love that cannot be known that's not what it means it doesn't mean something so esoteric that only people who are deeply spiritual and have almost turned to cherubims you know they are they are not they are no longer human beings they are not they are not animals they are half spirit half you know all those spooky things that we think when we see scriptures like that. that's not what it means what this what this means is that love, the love of god the love of the idea of the love of god is more than information it's not something that you learn by an impartation of information or ideas it's an experience that's what it means that the love of god that is more than knowledge give me first corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1 the love of god that passes knowledge doesn't mean that you cannot know it but it means that is more than information as i am speaking to you now i'm speaking in english language anybody who doesn't speak and understand english cannot have the information that i'm giving to you you understand but the love of god is more than information is an experience you can experience the love of god is not an impartation of ideas so most of us mentally ascend to the love of god for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten so i know that jesus died for me but what is the implication of that you don't know it how does it affect your response to god what are all the dimensions of that love how are, what is the application how are you experiencing it now concerning things offered to idols we know that all have knowledge so paul was discussing a matter of setting doctrine about you know whether they should eat food offered to idols or they should not eat food offered to idols some some people don't know whether to collect salamit or not to collect it in case somebody brings you ram and is affecting your conscience just bring it to me don't ask me what i want to do with it i can help just know that there's help in me for you now concerning things offered to idols we know that we all have knowledge knowledge puffs up 
but love edifies. When you have information, it makes you swell up in your head. When you have experience, it makes you grow. There are two different things. Information can make you have an exaggerated opinion of your own your own importance. It can fill you with, fill you with presumption. That's not. But when it comes to love, if, if it is love you are dealing with, what you will find there is growth. There's a difference between swelling up and growing up. You know, one of the most disturbing things I see around is a lot of children that are dealing with childhood obesity. And there are parents that legitimately think that is a sign of affluence. And they don't know that they are digging up serious health problems for kids. People overfeed kids. Portions that are meant for adults or children that are much older than them, you give it to those kids. And they don't have anywhere to burn it because now in our day children don't go out to play with sand anymore there's no compound especially if you live in lagos there's no compound for them to burn that energy so you are pumping them carbs and there's nowhere to play there's nowhere to run out there's nowhere to burn it and now those children are wearing sizes two three years above their age and you think it's okay it's not okay there's a problem that's not growth that is swelling. There's a spiritual parallel of that. Where you are consuming information and you think you are growing but you are swelling. Have you met presumptuous Christians? They think that they and their little group have a special hold on God. And if you don't belong, they think that they are better Christians than you. See, the first sign that I will see that I will know that you are not mature is that you are sectarian. If you are sect, it's not me that says so, it's Paul that says so. Go and fight him. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As long as there's strife, envy, and division, as long as I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, you are not mature. Forget any the tripartite triune dimension of the of the righteousness that started from self and ended in Christ is now in the seventh heavens of the Godhead manifestation. You are lying to yourself. You can use that to bamboozle yourself and people that are like you. But I can smell you. It's called character. If there is, if there is sec, if there's sectarian spirit, there's no growth. It's called presumption. It's, it's is you are taking information that is just puffing up no growth you are not maturing if it is love it edifies it's an experience verse 2 and if anyone thinks he knows anything he knows nothing yet as he ought to know but if anyone loves God this one is known by him do you have amplified about food sacrifice to idols we know that we all have knowledge knowledge alone makes people self-righteously arrogant but love that unselfishly seeks the best for others builds up and encourages others to grow in wisdom Two. if anyone imagines that he knows and understands anything 
of divine matters without the foundation of love he has not yet known as he ought to know hallelujah so love is an experience love is not just you know mental assimilation of information that's why paul talked about a love that is more than knowledge or a love that passes knowledge right now another thing that paul said in that scripture that is very pivotal is that we need to be strengthened with might in the inner man christ dwelling in our hearts by faith for us to be rooted and grounded and for us to be able to comprehend all the dimensions and then to know that love of god that passes knowledge is not something that you can attain or that you can achieve without strength in your being strengthened is not ordinary strength strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man you know i i when i read the scripture i think about the the manifestation of the spirit of might in scriptures and the people that in the old at least in the old testament right in the old testament dimension the people that had this that manifestation where people like something you understand that when you see a guy that looks like looks like soji did you do you think that something looked maybe you thought something was you know okay ah drawings in the bible draw uh, my children bible i was all, ah this was this jewelry with a book of bible stories that has deceived many of us if, if, if something was a giant the bible would have told us so you know we think that is this guy that was gymming and had very you know when when you see his drawings very big chest muscles biceps everywhere no no i don't think so i don't think so if not you wouldn't need if he looks like that i don't think you need delilah i think you will look for goliath abi do you understand you just gonna look for his size now you it will be a contest of 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 biceps and muscles to be viscous i don't think it was by jimmy i think the guy looks like soji but the only thing is that when you read that when the spirit will rest upon him then he will go and uproot city gates have you watched those ancient movies do you understand because now if i say if you say gate you think of it's not like this oh do you watch epic movies do you know what city gate is when the thing comes on him guy will just march catch 200 abisi 300 foxes how did you do it 300 not 3 not 13 not 30 and then you tie their tails together and you are tearing lion you are killing 200 men you know we often think that it was only something that had that thing no there was another guy that had it his name was david because a lad of 17 and you are killing beer and you are killing um, something's coming on you it's not normal it's not normal no it's not possible it's not possible it's not it's not ordinary eye you are 15 you are 17 and the bible says the lad was rudy 
it was that you know gentle looking happy small boy then something will come on you you will tear a whole beer have you seen a beer that is advancing in anger before you tear a lion it's not ordinary and then that guy transferred that spirit to some guys who, around him you be hearing Eliezer the son of Dudu ah sons of Zeruiah some three wicked men even David used to cry to God that ah God what will I do with the sons of Zeruiah he passed on that spirit of mind to certain men they will go Bible says one of them went down on a snowy day to and slew a lion in a pit ah, so I killed eight, another one killed 800 men until as in like the sword stuck to his hand I think it's ordinary eye it's not ordinary eye it's not ordinary eye it looks like epic movie to you it's not ordinary eye so guys so people in the old testament like that they operated with the spirit of might and I think about in the new testament what is the manifestation of the spirit of might it's one of the seven spirits of God right spirit of wisdom and revelation counsel and might Isaiah chapter 11 so when the bible says we are strengthened by the spirit strengthened with might he prayed the same prayer for I think the Philippian church too strengthened with might by the spirit in our inner man might to do what Abby? because when might came on David it was to save Israel from their enemies and then he was slaying lion he was slaying 200 men he was slaying foxes he was slaying things all around David too he was a it was a kingly authority to rule in Israel and deliver Israel from their enemies and so when we hear might in the New Testament who is the enemy and if you think that your mother-in-law is the enemy you know there's a problem because now the spirit that, you are, that David used to attack lion is what you want to use to attack your mother-in-law <laughs> And then all kinds of prayers will start. When scripture says clearly that your warfare is not with flesh and blood. In other words, your warfare is not with humans. It's very plain in scripture in New Testament. Your warfare is not with a human being. Your warfare is never with a human being. It says the weapons of our warfare are not what? Canal. It's never about flesh and blood. Is the devil using some people? Plenty people. So what are you going to do? Hate people? Pray against people? Kill everybody? No. Jesus Christ said love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. When you see vessels of Satan in human flesh, that's your response to them. But Satan, Satan himself doesn't make a mistake that I cannot discern him. I hate you very well. He knows, he knows that I hate him. And I can see him. Even when it's a human being that is misbehaving. But he tries to use human beings as shield. So that you, you face your warfare in the opposite direction. And you can't really discern him. And he is safe with whatever he's doing. He's in his corner. Doing anything that he, he, he... Doing what he wants to do. Because you are distracted and you cannot really discern him. So what is the enemy? 
Why do you need might? When the Bible is talking about love. Bible is talking about you coming to understand love, coming to discern love, being rooted and grounded in love. Then he's saying, the Lord will give you might so that Christ will dwell in your hearts by faith, so that you can be rooted and grounded, and it is from then, being rooted and grounded in love, that you can now go on to comprehension and load love of God that passes knowledge. Who or what is your enemy? Let me remind you about a story that can help you understand, that can illustrate very well what we are dealing with here. Eve in the Garden of Eden living in glory as he were yet Satan came and lied to her about who God is and she sold out her destiny while living in glory you are not living are you living in the garden of Eden Eve was living in the garden of Eden the garden planted by the Lord with four rivers flowing, a decal, this one, that one, gold, a river, a, a garden of peace. She was living literally in the glory of God. The presence of God was walking into the garden every single day. Eve was living in that garden, and Satan still took her out. What did Satan do to take her out? Satan lied to her about who God is. That's how warfare of death entered the life of Eve. This is a good place to define the love that we talk about because when people talk about love, the first thing that occurs to us is emotions. We are talking about the love of God. We are not talking about feelings of affection. God's love is not feelings of affection. Does God feel affection for you? Yes, you are his child. But the love of God is not that. The love of God, agape, the God kind of love, is the love that is self-sacrificing with the purpose of restoration, healing, and life. If you want to know the love of God, look for self-sacrifice. Look for sacrifice in that love and then look for the purpose of the sacrifice unto what? First of all, what is being sacrificed? And then sacrifice unto what end? The love of God is sacrificing unto restoration, unto healing, unto life. That is the love of God. Eve lived in that place. First John chapter 4, give me from verse 16. Eve lived in the very, very presence of God, in the very glory of God. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is. There are many things that God has, but God is not. God has power. And we can say God is powerful, but God is not power. <laughs> I don't know whether you understand. There are many things that God has, but is not the definition of God. The Bible has never said God is anointing. 
or God is prosperity but God is love God is love he who abides in love does what so Eve was abiding in the presence of God she was abiding in the love of God and God in him verse 17 it said love has been perfected amongst us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world 18 it says there is no fear in love this was where Eve was dwelling perfect love casts out fear but fear involves torment he who fears has not been made perfect in love how do I know that this was where Eve was because as soon as she ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil fear set in she didn't know fear before that she didn't know fear before that there are a few things that I want you to note here we have known and believed if anyone says I love God hates his brother go to that verse 16 back we have known and believed the love that God has for us God is love he who abides in love abides in God so abiding in God is abiding in love abiding in the sense of staying residing you are living there you are in a fixed and stable state you are not going in you are not coming out you are in a constant fellowship and relationship that person is being perfected in love or is being perfected in divine nature why because he says love has been perfected amongst us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we so anyone that is being perfected in love that means that he is being perfected in divine nature he's looking like Jesus he's changing because he's abiding so therefore he's changing right and then we have boldness in the day of judgment now the day of judgment is not just the last day only true believers shall be rapture the day of judgment is not just that last day the day of judgment involves every situation or circumstance that God permits in our lives that delivers a result where we are being delivered from okay this is the way I put it here it says any situation or circumstance that God arranges or permits in our life where we are being delivered from fear because it says there is no fear in love so the day of judgment because he said love has been perfected amongst us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment in other words in the circumstances and situations of life we have a certain response that is not of fear but is of boldness why because we understand the love that God has for us and because of that we are being delivered from the fear that you know is the fear that is caused by death and that leads to death and by death again I don't mean lying down on the floor I mean separation from God let me try and explain a little bit more what I'm saying the day of judgment we understand it to be the day of reckoning right the day of judgment is the day when you will, you will collect the results 
of the choices you have made right every day every time every season in our lives we face circumstances that can either result in boldness or in fear i don't know whether you understand what you are going through can either result in separation from god or it can result in boldness to how do i say it to represent god in that situation do you understand what i'm trying to say it can either result in on that day when that's when that situation and circumstance and that season that you are going through you can the result is it can be two ways one result is fear one result is boldness because you look like jesus i don't know whether you understand when it is fear the divine image is not being formed in you that what is coming out from you that reaction the things that you are bringing out in that day of judgment your result your report card that we are seeing is showing that there's separation from god there's separation from love another person's result card in the same situation is showing that jesus has come to judge this situation is divine nature reporting for duty to bring to bear the kingdom of god the authority of god the will of god the mind of god over that situation and that circumstance so in one you are a victim is happening to you in another one is the same thing no they say ah <laughs> the same thing happened to both of them but in another one you are not a victim in fact you have so much but you are the legislator you are the one calling the shots even though everybody thinks that you are the victim of that circumstance no you are not the victim of that circumstance the 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 most perfect example is jesus in the day of the hour and power of satan <laughs> when he was going to the cross i always say it at that time if you look at jesus he he had lost after all the healings and kill and uh, deliverances and and resurrection and they now caught him he could not even deliver himself is that not why they were mocking him and beating him they say Shabi, you saved others oh, that's, oh, you save yourself now do something about it in the meekest weakest darkest hour of jesus satan had never been more judged satan had never been more judged satan had never lost in fact that loss he will lose it for many eternities to come in that single one thing that was happening if you look naturally even jesus himself said my god my god why have you forsaken me if you want to interpret that situation naturally it was an interpretation of abandonment and forsaking it's just that if you look with another eye and you look in the with the eye of the spirit then you'll be hearing what the spirit is saying now is the judgment of this world now is the prince of this world cast out that's what was happening at that time that's what it means we have boldness in the day of judgment because as jesus is so are we 
I was talking about Eve living in glory living in union with God living in boldness living in divine nature let us make man in our own image after our own likeness is that not how Eve came about what is she doing in darkness what is she doing in fear what is she doing running from the presence of God what is she doing in self preservation how did she get there in the day of warfare our might was not enough our might wasn't enough and it occurs to me it occurs to me that there may have been certain experiences that will feed that situation where evil believes Satan I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say this is why we really need might I think that is not totally possible that nothing would have happened you know P.D. has been talking about strongholds and how our environment our experiences feeds us certain things that will shield Satan's lies that will house Satan's lies I don't know what path if has passed before that day that Satan came and said God really doesn't love you and she said it must be true God doesn't want the best for you like that so she said it must be true if, if you keep following God like this you better add wisdom she said it must be true you better, you better shine your eyes this thing that you are doing like this you know I didn't say you should leave the garden no, but at least bring in some sense you say God promise God promise it's not happening when will it happen now he said you will be God, you will be God you have been at this thing since you have been at this thing since, this is what you were made for look at yourself there will be arguments there will be high things there will be arguments there he says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they are mighty through God to the pulling down of what? strongholds what are the three things that we learned about on Sunday? imaginations high things thoughts thoughts I don't think Eve would have had no experience that would have <laughs> fed her doubts about God's promises for her life do you understand what I'm trying to say Eve would have passed some paths certain things would have made it possible for Eve to doubt the commitment of God to her. For her to consider what Satan is saying. To the point that what she hadn't noticed before now became really good and the best thing that she could have ever had. So in glory, if Satan could deceive Eve about the love of God and the commitment of God to her, and it made me understand why I need might by the spirit in my inner man because this is the real warfare the real warfare is the distortion of who God is no matter what it is that you are going through where you were born uh, what happened to you what has what didn't happen you know I normally say that if you think you come from a dysfunctional family, go and think about Joseph and rethink it again. 
Some people are, they say it's because of my family background. That's why some things are like this. Were you born in a family where people, where the wives name the children to abuse the other wife? If I ask you your name now, you are, your name is a good name. Say, what's your name? Dan Lola. What's your name? Soji. What's your name? Tanitoluwa. Ah, powerful names. You see, in Joseph's family, let's say I'm the first wife. Felicia is the second wife. When I born my own, I will say that, she too she be born her own uh, God has made me to be more than some foolish people as in people were naming children are you as in them if you say you go to school what is your name say God disgraced my enemies are you bearing foolish name she they still gave you good name fine fine name no David came from a really dysfunctional family after they finished that then even house helps are sleeping with the with daddy they are using house helps involving house helps to in the competition to sleep with daddy to born children you've not you've not come from that kind of circumstance so, <laughs> so people people look at circumstances of their life say if god really loves me why am I born in Nigeria? Why didn't they give birth to me in Australia? Why am I here? That's just on the But people have real questions. If God really loves me, why is this happening? If God really loves me, why is that happening? Why or why is this not happening for me? Why is it happening for others? Why am I praying? Why am, is it not getting answered? Why is it not this thing? Why is it not this, this, that? The might of the Spirit helps us that Christ dwells in our heart by what? Faith. The just shall live by, we live by faith and not by, the warfare of might is the warfare against sight. That's the warfare of might. To be able to look at it like this and turn your back on it and gravitate towards things unseen. For the things that are seen are what? Temporal. The things that are unseen are eternal. It takes might to hold eternal things and not let it go. How do you hold something that you don't see? If, is that normal? Is it normal eyes? No, now it's spirit of might. In the New Testament, you use spirit of might to hold unseen things. Because the things that you see is the warfare of the New Testament. To take, to undo your reality, that's the warfare of Satan. The warfare of Satan is to undo your reality. The spirit of might is how Christ dwells in your heart by faith. Let God be true and every man a liar. We are not of them that draw back unto perdition. We are of them that believe until the saving of the soul. You know that thing they say in the world, we die here, we live here. I've made my decision, Satan go and jump into the ocean. Finish! This is where I will do. It's not a last song. And let me tell you, he will throw his punches. Uh, you, just, you know, have you noticed that every time you decide, one message comes in church, say, ah, I will seek God. I will follow God. I will no, he's waiting at top for you. Oh, before you go, he's already waiting. 
He wants to collect that eternal thing, that unseen thing that he wants to give you the sin. Be pursuing this one. Auntie, oh God, don't, don't disturb my territory. Don't climb. Don't, don't leave this earth realm. Please just be running around on this plane. I don't need you to now start disturbing my sphere. So you have, they've given, you've gone to church. You, you've, you are holding on saying things. You're going to say, Jesus is Alpha. He's just waiting for you. Outside the door. Auntie, bring it. Take same things. Start running. It takes the spirit of might for you to say, no. <laughs> no. This thing is what I am doing. I am staying here. Rooted and grounded in the love of God. Give me Exodus chapter 33. There's a story there that I really like. I think from verse, let's read from verse uh, 15, Exodus 33. Okay, you know this story, so I'm not going to start from the beginning. Um, Moses was having a conversation with God and he was asking God that he wants to see God's face. He wants to see his glory. He wants to know God more. He wants to go deeper. That was the conversation that Moses was having with God. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not go, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us so we shall be separate your people and I from all the people who are on the, upon the face of the earth before this place Moses had had deep encounters with God so he was asking for more right? so the Lord said to Moses I will also do this thing that you have spoken for you have found grace in my sight and I know you by me verse 18 he says and he said Please show me your glory. This is Moses' prayer. This is Moses' petition. Show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. He has answered this prayer. He said, I will grant you that desire of your heart because you have known my name. I have, because I have known you by name and you have found favor in my sight. He says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Verse 20. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. And you shall stand on the rock. And so it shall be when my, while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Moses said, I want to see your glory. God said, I will show you my glory, but you want to see my face. You cannot see my face. What I'm going to do is that I will show you my back. And while I'm showing you my back, there is a place beside me. And I will hide you on in the rock. And that is his back. You see why he's not going to leave if he sees the face. If you are going to see his back, 
and you need a place beside him and they need to hide you and they need to cover you you need all that effect just for for to see his back how much more do you need to see what to see his face in the new testament we can see his face again not physically but because the veil has been taken we have the provision to come into the holy of holies but what or who God is when the Bible says that God is love you see that mushy feeling that you are feeling is not the thing that is behind the veil you understand they were going to show even the back to Moses he would have died in fact they won't see him he's not already dead then he would disappear if he is not by him not that he says there is a place beside me and you will stand on the rock then I will hide you then I can now pass back by then when I'm almost gone I will now open it so that you see small so that you don't disappear I said all that to say that the revelation of God to us requires that we are rooted and grounded in love it requires that Christ is dwelling in our hearts by faith if God reveals himself and that has not happened you can't comprehend nothing ah sister see me we have not since I'm not doing church again I'm tired of God right now <laughs> no, 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 I didn't bargain for this. You know, some people's backsliding is not even that vocal. The people that are even vocal, you even be praying for them. You'll be encouraging them. You, you know, some people, coldness will just clutch their hearts. They will just drop all of their devotions. They are just, they, no more praying, no more, even when they pray, no passion. They are not studying. The, the fire with which they started is no longer there. What happened? Show me your glory. Show me your glory. God now say, okay, come and taste tiny, small of the glory. And then when they saw the, when they saw the path to glory, he took away every energy that they had. Took everything away. You know, when, when, when David will finally meet God in, that, in this revelation in Exodus chapter 34, what did he say? He said, the Lord, the Lord, merciful, gracious, is still the revelation of God as love. That's all he saw, but it was the back. That is, that guy had been given, he, because, he, because of the way they, they planted him on the rock, and it was, it was rooted and grounded. It was planted. It was hid in God before that revelation. Even though it was looking at seemingly God's back. What was he seeing? The Lord, the Lord, merciful. This was Moses' sight. This is boldness in the day of judgment. What, even though it looks like if you want to interpret the circumstance and situation of Moses, it was the back of the Lord. He said the Lord is what? Gracious. He is merciful. He is long-suffering. He is abounding in goodness and truth. If Eve was here, maybe this was where Eve was. 
growing in the revelation of God in the garden, partaking of the tree of life, God revealing himself to, to Eve and Eve came across a side of God that looks like God is not love, God is not God is not doing what I want. And in that place, in that place where Eve was probably probably looking at his back because Moses passed that place on the way to seeing his face. Maybe that was where she ate the fruit to take the shortcut. And she could not progress into comprehension with all the sense, the love of God, the height of it, the depth of it, all the dimensions of it. You know where it ends? Being filled with the fullness of God. The fullness of God is in the love of God. You are not going to meet God. You are not going to know God without without that love of God that passes knowledge. It's not possible to come to divine image. It's not possible to come to the fullness of God. Remember what we read in 1 John chapter 4. He says that um, we have come to know and believe the love that he has for us. How did he put it? He who abides in love, in God, abides in love. And I said, please go back to that scripture for me. Yeah. Mm -mm. 16. 16. We have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. He who abides in love. How are you going to how are you going to change and become the image of God? How are you going to conform to divine nature unless you are able to abide in God? After all, scripture says that we all with an open face we are changed, right? into the image from one degree of glory to another it was that glory that Moses was asking for you understand glory is what changes us when we see glory when we see his glory we change Moses said show me your glory he turned his back to Moses while Moses was asking for his glory he turned his back to Moses because Moses was not yet ripe for the face. Everything is all parts of God. In other words, when you're asking to know God, when you're asking to know God, God has dimensions. There is length, there is height, there is depth, there is breadth. And you need to be able to comprehend God in order to be filled with what? All the fullness of God. But if you cannot abide, if, if you are not stable, if you are not, if today you are in, tomorrow you are out. You know why the devil fights your fellowship with condemnation and guilt and fear? You know why? Because so that you will not stay in God's presence. Because when you stay in God's presence, you will change. Your heart will change. You know that's the most beautiful thing about God's presence. It's not your behavior that changes first. It's your heart that changes first. Your heart will, and out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. The presence of God changes your heart. So it will bring busyness today. It will bring depression tomorrow. It will bring, what else? Guilt and condemnation. Anything that it can find, it will bring it to separate you from God's presence. That's exactly what it did to Eve. Eve was in love and growing in divine nature. 
the nature of God was coming out from Eve and David and devil knew that this is my judgment too because the seed of the woman will bruise the head. This is my judgment. It is better I plant fear now so that when it is the day of judgment the image of Christ will not be found in this one. So what did she do? What did the devil do? Lie to Eve about who God is and drive a wedge between Eve and God. Let me tell you what fear is. Fear is not just I'm afraid of Ojuju Kalaba. I'm afraid of Mount Zion demons. I'm afraid of witches and wizards. That is fear. Let me tell you what the real fear is. I'm afraid for my life. I'm afraid for my future. I'm afraid for tomorrow. What if I don't amount to anything? What if I suffer? What if it doesn't happen for me? That is the real fear. You know what it gives birth to? It gives birth to self-preservation. All our shenanigans come from self-preservation. They say, me, if you hurt me once, you can never hurt me again. My auntie, you are bitter. You are a bitter person. You are a resentful person. You know why? You have built a fence around yourself. People have wounded you and now you have learned to take care of yourself. Oh, that's, that thing, that thing, you see that thing, that bitterness, that resentment, that once, you can only hurt me once, you can never hurt me again. It's called fear. You see some people, they say they have high self-esteem. There's nothing like that. They are the most rattled, most fearful, most insecure people you will ever meet in your life. It's all a facade. It's all a facade. The most proud people are the smallest inside. They feel so threatened. You say, what do I have? I don't have any money. Why is my madame behaving like this? She's small on the inside. Ma Binusi. She's afraid as you are like that. You don't have any money. She's your boss and she's still mistreating you. It's called fear. It's called fear. People get into marriages with fear. They are going there to preserve themselves. Preserve their territory. Preserve everything. No vulnerability. Everybody is, is marking territory in the marriage. It's called fear. All of man's shenanigans, every device that we have brought, we have brought before because we're separated from the presence of God and now we have to take care of themselves. We have to take care of ourselves. What is the first thing that Adam and Eve did? They sued fig leaves and covered themselves. That's the, that, that's the first response that has been the response ever since. We have been going around looking for fig leaves. Sometimes our fig leaves, we call it... <laughs> we call it... Uh, night VG. Nay, we will now give that night VG. Say, uh, don't let my life spoil night VG. You see all kinds of banners around that are built on fear. A whole movement built around fear, fig leaves, self preservation. When they lived in glory, when they lived in the presence of God, there was no fear. Perfect love was judging fear. There was no fear. There was no fear of tomorrow. Will it be good? Will it not be good? Will it happen? Will it not happen? Will God take care of me? Will God not take care? Imagine them in the Garden of Eden. What is the fear? Is it for food? Is it fear of sickness? Is it fear of death? What is the fear in the presence of God? In, the, in glory, what is the fear? Name the fear. Let me know. But once you drive that wedge 
And that is that wedge that Satan is still driving today. He's still driving that wedge. He's still separating us from the presence of God. He's still making sure that we don't understand that while we were yet sinners was when Christ died. He's still making sure that you feel that you have to pay. You have to do something extra. Can I elaborate somebody today? Look, if you are going through something difficult and you don't have a perfect response, it's God that is looking for you. It's not you that is looking for God. It's not you that is saying, I'm trying to get back to God. Forget it. It's only the shepherd that can find the sheep. The sheep cannot find the shepherd. The love of God is that perfect. When I lost my father, I didn't speak to God for weeks. That was my level at that time. God was not angry. That's where I was. I didn't talk to God for weeks. I keep malice with God. <laughs> Legit. He paid me, God. God offended me. He came and found me. Came and found me. Maybe if it happens now, I would have a. It doesn't mean I will not grieve. Please don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean I won't grieve. In fact, one of the greatest fears that I'm still dealing with is the loss of loved ones. It's a great fear that I deal with. It doesn't mean that we, we overnight become supermen, we never grieve, we never express any. The only thing is that whatever, whatever grief or disappointment or any kind of negative emotions that we are going through, is either we allow it drive us deeper into the love of God or we allow Satan use it drive a wedge between us and God now if my response would have been to take all that my grief and anger and sorrow and questions and be running into the presence of God even if the only thing I can do is cry there at least I'm there you don't have to have all the answers to be able to say, ah, why did this happen? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. No! Even if there's pain, there's disappointment in your heart, carry it and go to the prayer of God. Even if it's a song you can sing, even if it's crying, you can cry. Just stay there. Your heart is changing. Your image is changing. You are judging Satan. You are becoming like him. You are having boldness in the day of judgment. You see, when that your heart will now change, as it is changing, you know what? You come out of the presence of God with you come out with the same love, the same long suffering, the same kindness, the same forgiveness. You see that thing, the Lord, the Lord, merciful, gracious, long suffering, kind. You will now come out with those things. Those are the greatest weapons in all of eternity. That's what Jesus came to the cross with and finished Satan. You now come out with it. They will be looking at you, you are the same person. No? You say, Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. They don't know that what is going is not a yeah. What is going is dangerous. You know how they would. That's why Jesus says, "Say, men, women of Jerusalem, be crying for yourself and for your children. I don't need your cry." People look at you and say, "Ah, and I pity her. She's thirty-five. She's not yet married. You should pity yourself. <laughs> you should pity yourself because the image that is here." It's called Satan's judgment. This one is cooked in God's love. And you see that love, I'm not even afraid of my future. It's secure in that love. I don't have time for shenanigans. I came here on assignment. 
growing in God's love. You see, that, that love is born out of experience. It's not information love. But you have to make sure that you are ex and the only way to to ex to how do I say how do I put this the only way to make sure that you are growing in that love is to make sure that you are fellowshipping one your fellowship like I said your fellowshipping will first of all be giving birth to that might is a cycle you understand what I mean it's a cycle when you fellowship you come might is developed that might leads to Christ dwelling in your heart by faith you see people that you admire their faith today it was not built it, it was not imparted there's a measure of faith that Romans chapter 12 verse 4 God has dealt to everyone a measure of faith but after that every man is responsible for the growth of his own faith and I'm not talking about the gift of special faith that one is a gift of the spirit that one is different that's not the one I'm talking about. Faith in every believer grows. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And then as your strength is increasing, it's like something's air that is growing. It's like something's air that is growing. It doesn't matter whether you keep something in prison or you keep it at home. As long as it's air is growing. As long as his air is good. Some of you focus on what you shouldn't focus on. You allow Satan interpret your life in a way that lies to you about who God is. You can never have an accurate interpretation of your life unless you see it through the length, lens of who God is. When you know God, you will understand your seasons. You understand your life. You will no longer be walking through life like a victim. Always trying to escape something. Never content. Never satisfied. Always surviving. Never thriving. You don't know God yet. When you know God and God becomes the lens through which you are interpreting your life. Your life takes on a new meaning. New power is injected into your life. Might by the spirit in your inner man. Christ dwelling in your heart through faith and then you are becoming more rooted and grounded in love and your comprehension of who God is is increasing then you know the stature of Christ will be developing more and more in you until you arrive in that day in the image exact image the, you are filled with all the fullness of God this evening I just want you to talk to God where you are and just trust God for that might to be able to hold on to unseen things that Satan will no longer be able to lie to you about who God is uh, that's, 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 that's a mercy that God can show you that can radically change the course of your life you just move from victim to more than a conqueror scripture says what shall separate us from the love of God what shall separate us from the love of God is it tribulation is it famine is it sword he said we are persuaded that nothing neither things of the earth things to come nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus can you just pray this this evening and just trust God
Varodolobo shatania kosa Jema rotava kotoma sisia brotananania shandaya baladaya Irabaloto sabadiga Pray that nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus.